Gabe Miller here, and I want to personally thank you for checking out our podcast. And I also want to encourage you to click the subscribe button so that each week's message will automatically show up in your feed. Another great way to stay connected with this is on our website at yourimpactchurch.com and on all of our social media outlets at Your Impact Church. I hope this message today encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you. Let's jump into the message. Good morning, good morning. We are excited about Serve Day 2020, July 11th. We want you to mark it down. We have a great time. Last year, we had almost 90 people gather together and serve, I believe, on 10 different projects all across our city. And we're going to be in schools. We're going to be doing some work in the Boys and Girls Club. We're going to be all over the place just being a blessing in our community. So we want you to be a part of that on July 11th. And I want to talk to you uh, mention just a few things really quick. The first thing is uh, we want to take a moment. I know that the end of this school year, the end of this semester has been a little bit different uh, than what we're used to in the past, but we want to congratulate all of those that have graduated, whether it was graduating from high school, some of you graduated from eighth grade. Come on, somebody about to head into high school, big ninth grader. Uh, we've had people that have graduated from other programs and different things in our community. And so we wanted to say we honor you. We're thankful for all the hard work. Uh, we hope that you know that all the hard work was not in vain, even though uh, things may look a little bit different right now. God's taking you somewhere. God has an incredible plan for your life. And so we wanted to congratulate you. Uh, another thing is um, we are looking ahead to when we're going to be able to start getting our kids back together in kids ministry and them being able to worship together. And it's been it's been really, really nice, honestly. Uh, we've enjoyed having our kids in here the last, this is the third week that we've been back, and uh, allowing them to worship with us. I believe that that's important. Uh, come on, sometimes kids just need to see their mom and dad worship and uh, need to see their mom and dad pray and singing and worshiping God together. And so it's been incredible. We are excited about the opportunity to get them back together. And I want to invite you to be a part of the process uh, leading up to getting kids ministry back in full swing. Uh, we're we're going to be having signups and allowing you to join the team. And so we are unapologetically asking you <laughs> to uh, consider joining our iKids team, whether it be a teacher, whether it be an assistant. Come on, there's nothing like pouring into the next generation, pouring into those three-year-olds and those six-year-olds and building a foundation in the Word of God and how it applies to their life and how they can take it into the next school year or they can take it into their families and and different things like that. And so we want to encourage you, be thinking about that, be praying about that, and how God would use you in that way uh, as we move forward into that. And then the last thing is grow groups. We're excited uh, for the opportunity to, throughout the summer, to begin to meet in person again. And uh, the a lot of the groups have been on Zoom and through technology over the last several weeks and so we're excited to get all of the groups uh, back together in person, doing life together and community together, growing together. And so you'll be able to sign up for a group this coming week and know all about those as well. And I want to jump into, we've been in a series that we've called See the New. See the New. And the idea behind this series is that God doesn't necessarily want us to go back to normal. He wants us to step into something new. There's something new that God wants us. God wants to take us further. I love the 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 little tagline to that to that song, the little pre-chorus part, you know, that take us further and further into your presence and into the things of you and into 
into his word and things like that. God desires to take us further than we've ever been. God wants to do something new in you, and God wants to do something new through you. And we can't be so focused on what we knew that we miss the new. Can't be so focused on what it used to look like that we miss what God's wanting to do now. You know, how many of you went into 2020 and it didn't turn it hadn't turned out like what you thought 2020 would? Come on, you had a plan in 2020 and March rolled around and your plan went out the window. <laughs> and and but I believe that God is working everything together for the good of those. Come on, you believe that for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. God's working things together for the good. And so our theme verse for this series is found in Isaiah, if you've been with us, chapter 43. Verses 18 and 19, where the Lord says, Forget what happened before, and do not think about the past. Look at the new thing I am going to do. It is already happening. Don't you see it? I will make a road in the desert and rivers in the dry land. And if you read the entire passage, you know that God is speaking to his people, and he's, he's saying, listen, you've seen this, you've seen me do this, you've experienced it in this way, but I don't want you to get so caught up on what you've seen before that you miss out on the new thing that I'm wanting to do through you, the new way that I'm wanting to provide for you, the new way that I'm wanting to use you in your life. So God desires to do amazing, powerful things through us. But we can't be so focused on what we knew that we miss out on the new thing God is doing. And we've talked about a couple of different things, about it being the new is an upgrade uh, from the old. And then last week we talked about being willing for whatever, willing in, in deficit, willing in trials, willing in success. And I would encourage you to go back check out those messages. I'm not going to spend too much time there for the sake of time today. And I want to get into what we want to talk about, what God wants to share with us today. But as we continue our series, I want to talk to you on this subject today. I've titled the message, really two titles uh, because I like both of them, but seize the moment you were made for this. And they both go with what we're talking about today, but seize the moment you were made for this. And I was thinking, and I was asking myself this question, and I want to ask you today, have you ever found yourself maybe in a grocery store, or you found yourself driving down the road, or you found yourself in uh, a group of people or friends, and you felt this prompting of the Holy Spirit, this prompting from the Holy Spirit that you were to do something in that moment. Maybe it's at the grocery store and you feel prompted to walk across this aisle to this person that you really don't know all that well and you feel like you're supposed to just go pray for them in the moment. Maybe it's paying for someone's groceries that's behind you. Maybe, maybe you're driving down the road and you see somebody and, you, and, and the thought just hits you. All of a sudden you get this prompting that, hey, go buy them something to eat, take it back to them. There are all of these moments and opportunities, I believe, that we have in our lives, whether we seize them or not, whether we take advantage of them or not, whether we are obedient in them or not, is really the question. But God, I believe, is providing moments and opportunities in the near future, in the days, the weeks, and the months to come. And I want to talk to you a little bit about it today, but I was thinking about these opportunities that we have that sometimes we we feel prompted to do something. And have you ever had the really the second conversation with God? Right, You have the first conversation where you feel this prompting of the Holy Spirit to do something and to, to take action. And then you have this conversation with God that comes after that. Like, okay, God, if that's you, just give me a sign. <laughs> God, if that's you, just make the next light, three lights turn green. And then I'll know that I know that I'm supposed to go back and take them some food. God, if that's you, will you just do something just out of the norm? 
so that I'll know that it's you. God, I want to be helpful, but I'm in a hurry. I want to be, can I get all up in your business for a minute? Maybe, maybe sometimes we miss opportunities and moments that God has for us because we hit the snooze three times and now we're running late to work and so we don't even have the time to obey what it is that God wanted to do if we'd have just got up at six o'clock like we were supposed to and we would have had the time on the way to work to be obedient to what God wanted us to do but we can't seize the moment because of a decision that we made. Could it be that you're missing out on moments in your life that God is wanting to use you in real ways because of decisions that you've made? Because of a lack of discipline in some areas of your life? I believe that there are moments, maybe you've said something like this, well, God, I just don't know. I'm not sure how they'll receive it, right? You know, sometimes that's a legitimate concern. Well, I feel like I'm supposed to go talk to them. I don't know how they're going to receive it. I feel like I'm supposed to go pray, but that just seems kind of weird. I feel like I'm supposed to buy their groceries, but I don't know if they're even going to let me buy their groceries. And we worry about what it is, and we have the conversation after the prompting. And God says, do this, and we're like, okay, if you really want me to do that, give me some more time. If you really want me to do that, give me a sign. If you really want me to do that, then show me how they're going to receive it. And I think that sometimes we have good intentions as followers of Jesus and Christians, but we don't seize the moment. We don't seize the moment. And I love this saying that I heard a while back, and I've shared this before, but it says this. The opportunity of a lifetime must be seized within the lifetime of the opportunity. There are some things that when the Holy Spirit prompts you to do it, it's because it needs to be done right now. There are some things that may not come back around if we don't seize the moment and seize the opportunity in the moment. And as we step into new things and new blessing and new favor and new opportunities, new direction, I believe that God desires for our obedience in the moment instead of delayed obedience or disobedience. And I was reminded of a story that I've shared before, and if you've heard this, then uh, you get to hear it again today. But it is, so, it is so timely for what I felt like I was supposed to share with you today. And it was this story, I heard it at a conference, I believe, and this pastor was sharing. He said there was a lady, uh, or there was a, there was a guy who was in the drive-thru, just a fast food restaurant. He was in the drive-thru. He was getting his food. He was about to pay for it. And he just felt this prompting to pay for the person's meal behind him in the drive-thru. And so he pulls out. He has little invite cards to the church that he's a part of and, and uh, where he worships. And so he uh, gives it to the cashier and says, hey, I'm going to pay for the person's meal behind me, this lady behind me. And will you give her uh, this card when she comes up here and just want her to know that, that God loves her and God sees her. And so uh, so he pays, you know, 7 or $8 he pays for her meal, and he drives off, and she pulls up to the window, and the person that's working there says, you know, I want you to know the person that, here's your food, the person that was in front of you that just pulled off, they said they wanted to pay for your food, and so they paid for your meal, and the lady in that moment just breaks down in tears, and she just starts sobbing right there in the drive-thru. She goes home, and several weeks go by, and come to find out this all comes back around, and this lady has started attending and being a part of the church where Uh, where this gentleman had left the card and she's given her life to Jesus and things are beginning to turn around in her life and and she's beginning to find hope and she she shares her testimony she shares her story about what happened that day that nobody really knew about and she had made the decision that day that life she she was just 
she was in a bad place and life was not what she thought it should be and what it, what she had expected. And so she had intended that day she was going to get this meal. She was going to go home and that afternoon she was going to take her own life because she didn't feel like she could go on living. She was going to take her own life. And she said, in that moment when I pulled up to that window and that person told me that the person in front of me had paid for my meal, I started crying and I knew immediately that God saw me. That God knew where I was at. And she said, that Sunday I show up at that church and a few weeks go by and I give my life to Jesus. I get saved and now I'm just trying to share my story and make a difference in other people's lives so they can know that God sees them and God loves them. And this was all because somebody, one person, sees the moment. One person, whenever they felt the prompting of the Holy Spirit inside of them to pay for that person's meal, changed the trajectory of somebody's life forever. And now multiple people have been touched and reached, and I'm sure given their life to Jesus through the story that she tells of somebody that was just obedient in the moment. And I don't tell you that story to make you feel bad about all the moments that you haven't seized. It's not about making you feel condemned today because, well, I know there was that one time and I felt like I was supposed to do that and I didn't do it. And I, there was that one time I was really busy and I just didn't go there. And there was that one time that I did It's not about that. It's an opportunity for you to know and see the importance that we never know what God's doing. We don't know what God might be doing behind the scenes. And in a moment that God is trying to use you, God may have been working on them for six months. And there have been things that have happened in their life, and this has happened, and they met this person, and somebody mentioned this, and now God has aligned it to where in this moment he is wanting you to do this one act or say this one thing to them so that they will know God sees them and all of this. He's been working in my life, and it will change their life forever. We don't know what God's doing behind the scenes a lot of times whenever he presents an opportunity to us. So we need to just be obedient. And there's a story in the Bible when I think about seizing the moment. I think about a particular story, and it's the story of Esther. And I don't know if you've ever read the story of Esther in the Bible. It's not a long story. I would encourage you to read it. It's a really good one. But before we, I want to read, we're going to read about 17 verses, and then I want to share three things that I believe God wants me to tell you about the moment in your life. And before we do that, I want to give you just some background of what's going on before we read what we read. If you've never read the story, there's a king at this time, and there's a queen, and he, he, uh, he wants the queen to come, and the queen refuses to obey his command. And so in this moment, the king decides, you know, his advisors get together, right? And they're like, we need a new queen, you know, right? Come on, somebody. We just need a new queen. She didn't do what, what I had told her to do. And so, whew, we're done with her. We're going to get a new queen. And so he, he starts, they start bringing in these women. And one of the women they bring in to prepare for the king is Esther. And Esther is a Jewish woman. And she gets brought in, you know, and they're, they're treating their skin and giving them this certain food to eat and all this stuff, you know, right? I mean, they're just really getting them prepared to go before the king. The king meets Esther, that she comes in, and he, he just really likes her, and so he decides he's going to make her the next queen. So Esther is now the next queen, and after she becomes queen, there's a guy named Mordecai who's her cousin who's been taking care of her. He overhears a plan by some people to kill the king. So he goes and he, he shares the information with Esther. Esther goes and shares the information with the king. The king decides, hey, we need to deal with this. They, you know, they, they kill the people that were making this plan. You know, not good for them. They were making a plan to kill the king. And then the king promotes this guy named Haman 
everybody's bowing down to Haman, Mordecai refuses to bow down to Haman. And because Mordecai is a Jewish man, Haman goes to the king and they start developing a plan to kill all of the Jewish people. And so Esther is now a Jewish woman in, you know, she's the queen. And now they're making a plan because of frustration to kill all the Jewish people. And now we pick this up in Esther chapter 4, verse 1. When Mordecai heard about all that had been done, he tore his clothes, put on rough cloth and ashes, and went out into the city crying loudly and painfully. But Mordecai went only as far as the king's gate because no one was allowed to enter that gate dressed in rough cloth. As the king's order reached every area, there was great sadness and loud crying among the Jewish people. They fasted and cried out loud, and many of them lay down on rough cloth and ashes to show how sad they were. When Esther's servant girls and eunuchs came to her and told her about Mordecai, she was very upset and afraid. She sent clothes for Mordecai to put on instead of the rough cloth, but he would not wear them. Then Esther called for Hathach, one of the king's eunuchs, chosen by the king to serve her. Esther ordered him to find out what was bothering Mordecai and why. So Hathach went to Mordecai, who was in the city square in front of the king's gate. Mordecai told Hathach everything that had happened to him, and he told Hathach about the amount of money Haman had promised to pay into the king's treasury for the killing of the Jewish people. Mordecai also gave him a copy of the order to kill the Jewish people, which had been given in Susa. He wanted Hathach to show it to Esther and to tell her about it, and Mordecai told him to order Esther to go into the king's presence to beg for mercy and to plead with him for her people. Hathach went back and reported to Esther everything Mordecai had said. Then Esther told Hathach to tell Mordecai, All the royal officers and people of the royal states know that no man or woman may go to the king in the inner courtyard without being called. There is only one law about this. Anyone who enters must be put to death unless the king holds out his gold scepter. Then that person may live. And I have not been called to go to the king for 30 days. Esther's message was given to Mordecai. Then Mordecai sent back word to Esther. Just because you live in the king's palace, don't think that out of all the Jewish people, you alone will escape. If you keep quiet at this time, someone else will help and save the Jewish people, but you and your father's family will all die. And who knows, you may have been chosen queen for just such a time as this. Then Esther went to, went, then Esther sent this message this answer to Mordecai, go and get all the Jewish people in Susa together. For my sake, fast. Do not eat or drink for three days, night and day. I and my servant girls will also fast. Then I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I die, I die. So Mordecai went away and did everything Esther had told him to do. I believe there are three things, specific things, that God wants me to tell you about the moment. As we're stepping into new as we're stepping into new favor, maybe new jobs, new opportunities, there, is, there are three things that I think we need to understand about the moment. And here's number one. The moment may be unexpected. It may not be something that you're expecting. How many of you expected this in 2020? <laughs> Nobody. The moment may be something that's unexpected. And I want to take you back a couple of chapters in Esther, in Esther chapter 2. Verses 5 through 9, this is what it says. Now there was a Jewish man in the palace of Susa whose name was Mordecai, son of Jer. Jer was the son of Shimei, the son of Kish. Mordecai was from the tribe of Benjamin, which had been taken captive from Jerusalem by Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. They were part of the group taken into captivity when Jehoiachim was king of Judah. Mordecai had a cousin named Hadassah 
who had no father or mother, so Mordecai took care of her. Hadassah was also called Esther, and she had a very pretty figure and face. Mordecai had adopted her as his own daughter when her father and mother died. When the king's command and order had been heard, many girls had been brought to the palace in Susa and put under the care of Haggai. Esther was also taken to the king's palace and put under the care of Haggai, who was in charge of the women. Esther pleased Haggai, and he liked her. So Haggai quickly began giving Esther her beauty treatments and special food. He gave her seven servant girls chosen from the king's palace. Then he moved her and her seven servant girls to the best part of the women's quarters. Esther did not expect to even be chosen to be one of the many that might become queen. It was completely unexpected. How do we know it was completely She is a Jewish woman, a part of the people who had been taken captive by Nebuchadnezzar, and now all of a sudden the king is searching for a new queen, and she, and she gets chosen. And not only is she chosen to be one of the, the many that the king is going to make his decision about, but she is actually the one that is chosen. So from a people that have been in captivity to being a queen, the moment was unexpected. She did not see it coming. Her cousin did not see it coming. She was chosen to be queen. And what if God has opportunities and moments waiting for you in the days and weeks to come that are going to be unexpected? What if there are going to be moments that God is going to ordain in your life and in other people's lives that are not going to be expected by you? Moments and opportunities that you didn't expect on your job. Moments and opportunities that you didn't expect at the new job that you didn't expect you were going to have three months ago. But something happened. And now you're looking for a job or there's a moment in time that something presented itself that you weren't expecting and it was a moment. It was an opportunity. Maybe it's moments and opportunities that you didn't expect while you were getting, while you were just going about your normal daily routine. Maybe it's going to be a moment or an opportunity that you're not going to expect with your husband or your wife or with your children or with your teenage children or moments and opportunities that you didn't expect to step up and serve or to be a blessing in somebody's life in the community. What, what if in the days and weeks and months to come there are going to be some opportunities and some moments to where God is going to want to use you? And it's going to be in a new way. It may not look like what you've done before. Well, Pastor Gabe, I'm just an introverted person. I know the Lord's not going to ask me to go speak to, come on, somebody. I know I'm not going to be the one that's going to have to walk across Walmart and talk or, or get at the, in line and I'm going to speak to the cashier and I'm going to feel like, I don't know why I'm saying this, but I just feel like I'm supposed to ask you how your day is going. It's going to be unexpected. There are going to be some things. It's, it's, not, it's, it's not going to be something that you saw coming. It's not going to be something that you planned for. Come on, you can't, you can't always plan for the opportunities when God wants to use you. <laughs> you just have to be available. Even when it's unexpected, I'm available. When it's something I didn't plan for, I'm available. I just want to be in the will of God. I want to do what he wants me to do. And Esther's people were people who had previously been taken captive, and now she's selected as the next queen. It was unexpected. Expected, And we can't be so consumed with our own agendas that we don't see the opportunity or the moment when God provides it. 
Man, sometimes we're just so consumed with ourselves and what we want to do and what our plan is and what we've got going on that we miss the moments and the opportunities that God is trying to use us in other people's lives to be a blessing or to speak something. We can't be so consumed with ourselves that we miss the moment. As a follower of Jesus, we have to learn to expect the unexpected. What if you got up tomorrow morning and you said, today I expect the unexpected. (laughs) I expect that something unexpected is going to happen. I expect that today there's going to be an opportunity that in the moment I'm going, to need to, I'm going to need to seize it. I'm going to need to take advantage of it. I'm going to need to do and be obedient to what God tells me to do. We never know when God may present a moment or an opportunity, so we have to be ready to seize the moment. So number one, the moment may be unexpected. Number two, the moment may seem uncomfortable. Anybody ever felt felt like the Lord was telling you to do something and it was uncomfortable? It was uncomfortable. I, we read it just a, a few moments ago. I want to read it again, though, verses 6 through 11. So Hathitch went to Mordecai, who was in the city square in front of the king's gate. Mordecai told Hathitch everything that had happened to him, and he told Hathitch about the amount of money Haman had promised to pay into the king's treasury for the killing of the Jewish people. Mordecai also gave him a copy of the order to kill the Jewish people, which had been given in Susa. He wanted Hathach to show it to Esther and to tell her about it, and Mordecai told him to order Esther to go into the king's presence to beg for mercy and to plead with him for her people. Hathach went back and reported to Esther everything Mordecai had said. Then Esther told Hathach to tell Mordecai, and check out her response. This is our response, not word for word, but this is our response a lot of times. All the royal officers and people of the royal states know that no man or woman may go to the king in the inner courtyard without being called. There's only one law about this. Anyone who enters must be put to death unless the king holds out his gold scepter. Then that person may live. And I have not been called. I have not been called to go to the king for 30 days. In other words, can we, just, can we put it in how we kind of say it today? We, we feel like here's a moment, here's an opportunity, and God wants to use me, and I feel like I'm supposed to do this, and maybe this is the Lord trying to get me to do this. And then and we're like, you know, we try to tell God, well, God, I don't think it works that way. <laughs> like, you don't ask me to pay for somebody else's groceries when I have been furloughed for three weeks in the middle of COVID-19. It doesn't work that way, God. And God is saying... This is a moment. Do you not think that I knew where you would be at on this day in time and what you would be experiencing when I told you to do this? I've already factored it in. And this is your moment. Well, God, I just don't know. I mean, just, oh, man, I don't know if I can do that because it it just doesn't make sense. I just don't understand it. I don't know. It's going to be less money. I don't know. It's just not going to. And God's like, "I've, I've factored all that in. And this is your moment. What I need is obedience, not understanding. And I'll say it again, we don't know what God has been doing behind the scenes whenever the moment presents itself. And we need to seize the moment. Seize the moment. After getting Mordecai's strong suggestion for her to go to the king, Esther's response is, this isn't how it's supposed to work. This is not part of the rule. Like, you're asking me to do something that doesn't make sense. You're asking me to do something that may cost me my life. You're asking me to do something that 
Nobody, everybody knows you don't do this. Everybody knows you don't walk up to somebody and ask them if you can pray for them. They're going to think you're weird. Everybody knows that when you're struggling financially, you don't bless somebody else. Everybody knows. Everybody knows this is the way it is. So why would you ask me to do something that's uncomfortable? But the moment may seem uncomfortable. The moment may seem uncomfortable. You ever had, you know, this, I was thinking about just some conversations and some statements even that I've made in my life and maybe you've made before that this isn't, this isn't what I thought the moment would look like. It's uncomfortable. This isn't what I thought my marriage would look like. It's uncomfortable. This isn't what I thought my job would look like, and it's uncomfortable. This isn't what I thought being a Christian would look like, and it's uncomfortable. What if, what if God never intended for you to be comfortable? What if we have come up with the idea of comfort? <laughs> what if you came up with the idea that you ought to be comfortable? What if this whole idea, like, well, when I give my life to Jesus to be comfortable, everything should just work in my favor. I'm just going to get that job and everything's going to work out. What, what if you came up with that? What if Jesus said to take up your cross and follow him? What if, what, what if he said, in this life you will have trouble? What if he said, I didn't come to make you comfortable. I came to make you a fisher of people. What if he said, I didn't come to make you comfortable, I came so that you can go into all the world and preach the gospel and baptize people and make disciples? What if it's not about you being comfortable? What if we have missed moments in our lives because we were looking for comfort? And if I can't do it laying back in my lazy boy, then I don't really want to be obedient. And we have missed some of God's ordained moments for our lives because we, we were looking for comfort. And God's looking for obedience. And I believe he's, he's, he's telling you today, I, I didn't call, I love you, but I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't save you for comfort. It's, it's not about you being comfortable because some of the things that I'm going to ask you to do are going to be uncomfortable. And they may not make sense in the moment. But what I'm needing from you is for you to seize the moment. I need you to seize the moment. What if we could say it this way? What if following Jesus wasn't meant to be comfortable, but a willingness to seize the moment and the opportunity? It's not about our comfort. Jesus' moment to give his life for us wasn't comfortable. But what he said was, not my will, your will be done. If this is the way it has to be, if this is what you're calling me to do, if this is what you're asking me to do, I don't want my will, I want your will to be done, even if this is uncomfortable. And I wonder if there's anybody in the room today or anybody watching online that would say, you know what, even if it doesn't make sense, even if it's uncomfortable, I don't want my will to be done, I want your will to be done, and so I'll just be obedient. I want to seize the moment. I want to seize the opportunity in the moment. So it may be unexpected, it may be uncomfortable, and here's point number three, perhaps you were made for this moment. 
perhaps you were made for this moment. One of my favorite verses is found in Esther 4, verse 14, and I want to start in verse 12. It says, Esther's message was given to Mordecai. She says, listen, this is not the way that it is. This is not what we're supposed to do. This is not the way that this thing operates. You know, you might need to go back and form another plan. And this is what Mordecai says. Then Mordecai sent back word to Esther. Just because you live in the king's palace, don't think that out of all the Jewish people, you alone will escape. If you keep quiet at this time, someone else will help and save the Jewish people. But you and your father's family will all die. And who knows? Somebody say, who knows? And who knows? You may have been chosen queen for such a time as this. Who knows whether maybe the unexpected thing, maybe the thing that didn't make sense, maybe the thing that was uncomfortable, maybe it's all working together. Maybe you were put in this position and in this spot for this moment. What if God worked it all together? For this moment, can I ask you today, what if, what if God worked it all together for the last three months for this moment? Something that was unexpected, something that was uncomfortable, something that we didn't understand, something that we didn't know what to believe and what not to believe. What if, what if God has been working it all together? What if God knew that you would be where you are on May the 31st, 2020, knew everything that you would have walked through and created you for this moment. This moment in history. This moment in time. On the other side of a pandemic that freaked everybody out. What if you were created for this moment? Perhaps. I love the translation to say perhaps. Perhaps all of that happened now that I think about it, so that we could be in this moment. Maybe, maybe I was made for this. Maybe I was born to be in this moment in time. Not to wish my way out of this moment, but maybe I was meant to be in this moment. I'll go ahead and bring the worship team back. As we declared last week, I believe that God has chosen us for this moment. And perhaps the reason that all of that happened to you is for God to use it in this moment. Perhaps you went through what you went through over the past three months because this is your moment. Perhaps, perhaps the enemy is coming at you so hard right now because this is your moment. And if he can keep you from seizing the moment and the opportunity, if he can keep you from sharing Jesus with that person, if he can keep you from living your life in that way while you're at work, if he can keep you from actually going and speaking to them, if he can keep you from going over to them and praying for them in that moment, if he can keep you from speaking an encouraging word to that person in the moment, then maybe the moment will pass. And God won't be able to do what he wanted to do. Maybe the enemy is coming after you because you were made for this moment. You were made for this moment. Will you stand to your feet today? We're going to sing in just a second. I want to point one last thing out to you that I believe is so important. And it's in verse 14. If we can throw verse 14 back on the screen. If you keep quiet at this time, so Mordecai is telling Esther, 
Someone else will help and save the Jewish people. But you and your father's family will all die. Could it be? Could it be that God could use somebody else to do what he wants to do? But then you will miss out on the miracle of God being able to do it through you. And God's plan is to use you in that moment to do something incredible, powerful, to stir faith inside of you. We experienced something just a few weeks ago. And my wife had told me, she said, I don't know why I feel like I'm supposed to, I feel like I'm supposed to pray this. Talking about it for a few minutes, and I said, Well, I'm just telling you, if you feel like you're supposed to pray that, you need to pray that. You just need to be obedient, and the rest is up to God. And on the other side, God performed a miracle. And I told her the fact that she told me, and I knew what she was praying for. And on the other side of it, I was like, I can't even tell you what that did for my faith. I can't even tell you what that did on the inside of me. I mean, I was walking around that afternoon, that evening. I'm walking around and I'm like, God can do anything. <laughs> and I definitely believe it now, right? Listen, that's what God wants to do with you. And, and not only is the moment that God presents to you for you to be an encouragement to somebody else or for you to pray for somebody else or for you to be obedient on somebody else's behalf or for you to be a blessing to somebody else, it's not only just for them. There's something that God wants to do in them, but God will also use that to do something in you. And, if, and, and God can use somebody else, but then you miss out. Yeah. You miss out on building your faith. You miss out on, on the realization that, wow, I just saw God do a miracle. And I read that verse and I thought, if you don't do anything about this, God will use somebody else to deliver his people, but then you and your family are going to die. I thought, we may, not, we may not die physically, but what if, what if God's saying today, I can use somebody else, but I want to use you. Will you be available? Because if, if you don't let me use you, you're going to miss out on something incredible. You're going to miss out on something that can change your life. You're going to miss out on something that can encourage you. I don't want you to miss that. God doesn't want you to miss that. just available like what we talked about, but like we talked about last week, willing for whatever you ask me to do. In this moment, I'm available. When the prompting comes, I'm available. Right now, it's not about my agenda. It's not about what I had planned. It's about what God's plan is. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes today? We're going to sing in just a moment. But I just want you to ask, just right there, you and God, just ask the Holy Spirit. Oh, I've heard it said this way. Just ask the Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me through this message? Am I available? Can I, am I available to seize the moment? 
Maybe you're here today and with your heads bowed and eyes closed. And you're on the verge. You're on the verge of giving up. You're on the verge of throwing in the towel. You feel like you're kind of at the end of your rope. God is providing an opportunity. Even right now in this moment for you to seize this moment. For you to allow him to renew your faith. To renew your strength as you wait on him. To do something new. To refresh you. So right where you are, as you're praying, as you're just asking the Lord, what is it? Am I too busy? Am I missing something? I want to be available. I want to pray for you, and then we're going to sing this last song. We're going to worship together. So Lord, right now, I thank you for the opportunity to gather in this room. Thank you for those that are watching online. I thank you for the hearts right now that you're speaking to for the individuals in this room that you're speaking to, that you're reminding us, even though it may be unexpected, even though it may be uncomfortable, we were made for this moment. We were made for this moment. God, today we want to seize the moment. We want to take hold of the opportunity. We want to be used by you. So God, would you do what only you can do? God, would you stir our faith to believe again? Would you encourage us in this moment? And as we sing this last song, it's our prayer. All the praise, all the honor, and all the glory goes to you, not to anyone else. To you and you alone. In Jesus' name.